Today is a lovely, bright, sunny morning with a touch of autumn in the air, which is lovely. We've had some very wet and windy weather this past week, and it's nice just to enjoy a bit of sunshine. I've entitled today's talk, you'll see in a moment why, You've heard of little Moses in the bulrush. You've heard of fearless David and his sling. You've heard the story told of dreaming Joseph and of Jonah and the whale. We often sing. There is going to be a meeting in the air in that sweet, sweet by and by. I'm going to meet you Meet you over there in that home beyond the sky. Such singing you will hear, never heard by mortal ear, will be glorious, I do declare. And God's own Son will be the leading one in that meeting in the air. So I'm calling this title. There's going to be a meeting in the air. I suppose the main question we must all ask is, will I be or will you be at this meeting? You may answer, oh yes, I'm sure I will be there all right. Touch wood. But as we would say in Ireland, are you certain sure? Because with this meeting there is no touch wood certainty permitted. It's going to be a great meeting, a great open air meeting, far greater than any which has ever taken place usually called the rapture or translation of the church. It will have many striking features and will be entirely different from anything ever witnessed or anything that ever will be witnessed on earth ever again in this world. Let us look at some of these wonderful events and principles which will attend this meeting in the air. John 14 verse 3 And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And the place of this meeting, it's not on the earth, it's not in heaven, but it's going to be a meeting in the air. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 51 and 52. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, 
For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And going on, First Thessalonians 4, verse 16 and 17, said, We shall be changed, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. There is going to be a generation of believers who will never die. Paul wrote, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds and to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Who will be present at this great open-air meeting? Paul said there, we which are alive and remain. The we are every redeemed, blood-bought soul of every clime and race, including those who sleep in their graves, as well as those alive on the earth at that time. Not one will be missing. All will be clothed with raised, glorified bodies suitable for heaven. All denominational differences will then be gone, I'm done with forever. Let us look again. Who will be absent? We know who will be at the meeting, but who will be absent? Every unsaved and unredeemed person. The legalist. The formalist and those who depend on good works rather than trusting in the finished work of Christ at Calvary. As well as the unbeliever, the scoffer, the wicked. These and all who are without Christ, who have not put their faith and trust in Christ, will be absent. This will be the upshot of decisions taken in life. John 3.36 He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Those are the ones who will be at the meeting. But he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. And also, Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We can't work our way to heaven. 
Now this meeting, like all great meetings, there's always someone who is important. The center of attraction. Amidst the many wonderful circumstances of this meeting, one will far transcend all others. It will be a meeting specially appointed to meet the Lord, God's only Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the living Word of God. Around the glorious person of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, crowned with glory and honour, God's anointed one, will meet with millions of his redeemed ones. What joy to our Redeemer to be surrounded by the great throng of those who are the fruit of the travail of his soul, for whom he poured out his soul unto death. Those two expressions we look at in a moment. The travail of his soul, and he poured out his soul unto death. And as they too gaze upon that precious face, once so marred, more than any man's, but now radiant with glory, what joy will fill every heart, and how perfect will be their place of acceptance with God. We will be very truly accepted in the Beloved. Now we're going to read a wonderful prophecy from the book of Isaiah. The picture is of the Lord Jesus Christ and his wonderful death at Calvary. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form, no comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. We hid as it were our faces from him, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs, and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. 
He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. The Roman authorities would have had him buried in a grave. A common grave made his grave with the wicked. But Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man, provided a new tomb. But with the rich in his death. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin... He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. And then these two verses, 11 and 12. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. God saw the travail of his soul, and he offered himself on Calvary's cross for you and for me. And a righteous God was satisfied through the death of his son. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Now we come to the time of this meeting. Normally when we are looking forward to a meeting, we know the time and the date. But this is a very unusual feature of this great reunion. Not even one of those who will rise to meet their Saviour knows when it will take place. It may be in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, or in the middle of the night. It may be this year, next year, this week, today. Everyone who is invited should be in a waiting and watching attitude. Just as an athlete waits to hear the starter's pistol, watching the Olympics, 100 metres, 
And those taking part are listening for the starter's pistol. That's the attitude we should have. They will be summoned by a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. So effective will be the voice of him that calls that in the twinkling of an eye every member will be found in his place at the great open-air meeting. Read again, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16. We'll go on then to read 1 Corinthians 15 verse 52. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. But what about after that great open-air meeting? There's a solemn sadness about those who missed the great open-air meeting. Those who are left behind. Well, one may think, surely the world will carry on as usual without the church. They're always arguing and fighting those Christians in any case. So maybe things will be a lot better. Those believers who have gone. Who are left behind? Jesus, in Matthew chapter 24, warns of coming judgment on the world and of an awesome future great tribulation. The church will be removed before this coming judgment. Jesus, in John 5 and verse 24, makes this abundantly clear. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, shall not come into judgment, but is past, present tense, is past from death unto life. If I make the Lord Jesus Christ my personal and only Saviour, I worship Him and my faith is solely in Him. I am assured of eternal life here and now and also I have a guarantee that I will not have to endure the coming judgments and the coming great tribulation. The reason John the Apostle wrote his epistles was to assure me of present 
here and now, eternal life. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13 These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Time passes. How quickly time passes. Big Ben may be silenced for four years of maintenance, but time will still move inexorably onwards. And just as the song, my grandfather's clock, says of the clock, his life seconds numbering, tick tock, tick tock. But it stopped short, never to go again, when the old man died. Every tick of the clock tells of the rapid flight of time and the near approach of eternity. The coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Perhaps soon my life clock will stop. And so will yours. Tick tock. Tick tock. We believe that the coming rapture may be sooner than we think. Today God still calls on all, on you and those who have not put their trust in his Son, Jesus Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only all-sufficient Saviour. His precious blood, shed upon the cross at Calvary, cleanses us from all sin. First John chapter 1 and verse 7 The redemption price has been paid. The work of our salvation has been done and finished totally by Christ. We must accept God's offer of the gift of eternal life because of what Jesus Christ has done. We cannot do anything but accept. If Christ were to come today, would you be ready to meet him in the air as your saviour or to remain here on earth and one day meet him as your future judge. Amen.